Welcome to the Refuge Podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. This morning, we continue our Stewardship Sermon Series, Every Blessing. Last week, we talked a little bit about our heart and tuning our heart to God and what that means and how that relates to our generosity as the children of God, a God who loves us and loves us so well. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about our proneness to wandering. We're going to talk a little bit about what it means when we get a little lost and withhold from our God instead of leaning in and trusting and giving all we have and all we are to him. You know, several years ago, I traveled with my fellow clergy and we went on a trip to Iona, Scotland. I've shared with you some of the stories. We went to London and Scotland and different places. And and one of my favorite, perhaps the most holy place that I found was in Iona, which is a little island. You actually have to take a couple of boats to get there. And one of the sayings of Iona is this, and I have this little sign that I got there that I just love, and it is, not all who wander are lost. And I keep this in my office as a reminder of that time. I've seen it in a lot of different places expressed. Now, while we were in Iona, my friend Katie and then Matt and myself, we decided that we were gonna go on a little wandering tour of the island to go find one of the beaches. I actually have a picture of us setting off on that journey. Uh, That's my friend Katie, and that is, of course, Matt. And you can see there is a a well-laid-out trail. And as you go to the next picture, you can see a little bit of the terrain. There were lots of sheep all on this island. It is how they make their primary living, is through products related to the sheep and also through the meat. And so we started wandering and kept going. And as we kept going, we found these, this little path. And that is a sheep trail, and it was supposed to lead us to the beach. And so we started going down those trails, and we kept going. And eventually, this is what the terrain looked like. Um, You see, it it gets very rocky. It's very deceptive. Um, And we found our way to the beach eventually. And there's a picture of that, I think, coming up. Maybe. Are those the only ones you got? Okay. So we eventually made our way down to the beach. And it was really wonderful. They have these high cliffs and you can go to the top of them. And we spent a little time there. We prayed at the shores. We collected a ton of green rocks and other things that were pretty unique. It was funny because it wasn't the actual beach we were looking for, but it was a beach. It's an island, so you go far enough and eventually you find it. And, and that was all fine. We had a great time, spent a couple of hours down there, and then we turned around to go home and we looked for that sheep trail to start making our way home. You know, all the trails in Iona kind of look alike. It turns out those sheep wander a lot. And so before we knew it, we're going down this trail. We think it's the way home. And it goes like this. So you can't really see too far what is in front of you. And so we'd get to the top of one of those, and it was a sheer drop-off. So down the hill we'd go, and we'd take another sheep trail, and all of a sudden we'd hit a bog that was impassable. And so you, you couldn't go that way. And then we began to wander some more. Now, you learn a lot about people when you're lost. 
Uh, It brings out different parts of our personalities. My friend Katie, who is actually one of my dearest friends, she's also a pastor, she w- she's a bit of a panicker when she's lost. She, she would tell you she has a high need to know what's next and to be in control of what is next. And so the inability to know how to get home was bothering her. And I, I could sense that in her. She was getting a little panicky. And so my tendency when people around me are uncomfortable is to nurture. And so I start telling funny stories and trying to distract her and saying, hey, there's no snakes here. We'll just, we'll just sleep out here under the stars and God will be with us and it'll be great and just overboard on the optimism so that she won't be anxious, which is actually probably making her more anxious because I'm a little too optimistic. Something really must be wrong. And Matt... He is way ahead of us. I mean, he has left us far behind and we can kind of see him in the distance. He is determined he's gonna find the way home for us and he is gonna get us there. And so he's climbing all these extra hills and going all these places, trying to lead us there. And we're like, hey dude, we're behind you. Like, let us catch up. But that, that is him. He was, he's a, a doer, he's a detail person. He is certain that if he just goes up this next hill, he's gonna find our way home. And this went on for a while. We were very, very lost. 19 miles, in fact, we wandered. You know, it turns out sometimes when people wander, they're not lost, and sometimes they are, and we were very, very lost on a four-mile island. I mean, really, it's not a big island, and we could not find our way out of it. I figured we weren't really going to die there. I kind of figured at some point dinner would come and people would find us. So uh, I, I honestly was not too worried. Um, But eventually what happened was off in the distance, we saw a figure coming towards us and it was actually the husband of one of the folks that we had traveled with. Never have I been more glad to see a human being in all of my life. And luckily he was like a human compass and he knew the way back home. And so we got with him and he led us all the way back to our hotel. Needless to say, we learned some very important lessons that day. First of all, if you lose the trail, go back to the last place that you had your bearings. And if you don't know how to do that, if you're so far lost, you don't know how to get back to that, that place where you knew where you were, then find somebody that knows the way that you wanna go. And then, and harder still, you wouldn't think so, but harder still, actually trust that person enough to follow them to that place. Our scripture reading this morning tells the story of a time when Abram, later to be called Abraham, wandered off the path that God had for him. Now you may remember the story of Abram. He was 75 years old when God called him to leave his family land, to leave the place that he had spent a lot of time and to kind of leave the safety of that clan and go off to a land that God had for him. And God told him that he would make his descendants more numerous than all the stars in the sky, which was really kind of interesting because though Abram was married to a beautiful woman named Sarai, they had never been able to have children. The closest that they had was their nephew, Lot, whom they had raised after his parents died. And so not really knowing how all that was gonna work out, Abram took a huge leap of faith and began traveling to an area known as the Negev. 
This is a semi-desert region which is west and south of the Dead Sea. And along the way, as he's traveling, if you read the story, he stops many different times and he makes altars to God where he prays and at times he offers sacrifices. This was a very common practice, staying focused and centered on the one who was guiding him. And it's here when he finally makes his way to that area and he begins to settle in that we pick up the story and it's in Genesis 12, 10 and that's where we're gonna begin. Genesis 12, 10. Now there was a famine in the land and so Abram went down to Egypt to reside there as an alien for the famine was severe in the land. And when he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarai, I know well that you are a woman, beautiful in appearance. And when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. And then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say you are my sister so that it may go well with me because of you and that my life may be spared on your account. When Abram entered Egypt, the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. And when the officials of Pharaoh saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house, and for her sake, he dealt well with Abram, and he had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female slaves, female donkeys, and camels. But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh in his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this you have done to me? Why did you tell me, not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her for my wife? Now then, here is your wife, take her and be gone. And Pharaoh gave his men orders concerning him and they set him on his way with his wife and all that he had. What an odd and interesting story. You have to love how very human the patriarchs and the matriarchs were. From a faith perspective, before all of this happened, before he went to Egypt, Abram was doing really, really great He heard the call of God. He didn't understand it, but before that understanding, he still stepped out in obedience, which is a hard thing to do, and he stayed connected to God. He built altars, he prayed, he sacrificed, he gave generously back to his God. And then he gets into that land of Negev, and he meets his first challenge. And instead of, in that point, trusting in the God who had led him that far, Scripture says he went down to Egypt. Now, generally speaking, in Scripture, when it says that a person went down somewhere, they're often up to no good, not always, but often, especially if they're going down um, to Egypt instead of up to the temple, up to Jerusalem, up to the mountain. They're going down. And so they get to Egypt, and he begins this journey of deception of wandering off the path that God had for him. The text never said that God told Abram to go to Egypt. There's no indication that Abram consulted God before he did it. He just took matters into his own hand. And that's where he left the path. That is where he began to get lost and get into a bit of trouble. And he exchanged one problem for another. His wife was beautiful. Pharaoh saw this. Pharaoh took her into his home. You know, how many times 
do we come to these challenges in our life, these unexpected circumstances, and we don't really know what to do, and, and we don't really know how to trust God through that, and so it just seems easier to try to figure it out ourselves. We rely fully on our own strength, our own knowledge, our own ability and cleverness to get us out of the situation instead of turning to the one who actually might be able to help us. Our deviation from God's path happens just one step at a time. Nobody gets lost all at once. You need the job and so you lie a little on your application and then you have to lie a little in the interview and then you have to lie still more to cover up the lies that you told before. Or you had a rough week and you start thinking about all the ways you're gonna escape this weekend and all the people that you're gonna bring with you when you do it. You're feeling lonely one night and someone gives you a little extra attention and you know nothing good is gonna come from that attention and yet it feels so good just to be noticed, just to be appreciated, that attention It's so nice, and before you know it, you have wandered down to Egypt, and you're lost. The Bible says that all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Every one of us has turned to his or her own way. We've been using a a song, Come Thou Fount, for this sermon series, and it has perhaps my favorite line in hymnody. I love saying that word, hymnody. And it is this, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Man, is that not us. Sometimes it's deliberate. We intentionally wander from our God. And sometimes it happens without our even realizing it as we're making our own way instead of trusting God, as we're withholding who we are, our gifts, our talents, all that we might offer to God, a little bit at a time. You know, in Abram's case, it wasn't just Abram that was hurt by his behavior, and that's often the way too. We tend to have a trail of heartache when we wander off the path of God. And many people that we know, many people that we don't, can get caught up in it. And sometimes we have been hurt by others who've wandered off that path. Sarai was exploited in this story. Abram had to leave Egypt in disgrace. And the one who was supposed to bear the name of God instead brought shame to that name because the Egyptians knew his connection to God. And what about all the servants and the livestock that Abram acquired, you know, later Though he was able to keep it, it creates a problem for him and he eventually has to separate with Lot because there's so many livestock, maybe at the time that God didn't really want them to have it yet. And because of that, he and Lot's herdsmen are fighting all the time and they end up having to go their separate ways and it's a painful separation I can only imagine. And later on, it leads to Lot getting in a bit of trouble in Sodom and Gomorrah and his wife ends up dying over there. Later he has to be rescued by Abraham. So a lot goes on. It seemed like one small thing and it had this legacy of unintended consequences. But here's the good news. We have this compass in the person of Jesus Christ. The one who knows the way back to the place 
that we most want to go. And he teaches us that we can never wander so far from the path of God that we can't find our way home again. First John says, if we say we have not sinned, we're kidding ourselves. But if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just and he'll forgive our sins and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God doesn't spare us from the natural and painful consequences of our mistakes. John says, if I could protect you from sinning at all, I would. But by his amazing grace, God can restore us to life. Even in situations that feel so hopeless, we can trust him. We can trust him with all that we have and all that we are. We can trust him. We don't have to withhold anything from him. Abram made some terrible mistakes, and that wasn't his last mistake. He goes on, and he actually repeats this same one again later at another time in his life. And then y'all may remember the story, too, when it was taking a little longer for them to have a child than they expected. Eventually, he had a, a child with one of Sarah's hand servants, her maids, and they have a child, Ishmael. And you know, if you know the story, you know some of the trouble and conflict that that creates, the jealousy and tension in the household that goes on for years, again, because Abram, who by now is Abraham, couldn't trust fully in God. But the good news was that over time, every time he made a mistake, he returned to God. He kept building those altars. He kept seeking God's way and allowing God to pick him up again And eventually, he gets it. And you'll see that later if you keep reading the story when he goes to that point of being asked by God to sacrifice his son Isaac, the son that it took forever for him to have with his wife. And he's willing to lay it all out. He's finally willing to trust God enough with this. And so he brings his son up to the mountaintop And his son even asks him, what are we going to sacrifice? And Abraham says, God will provide. And in the moment when he is to take his son's life, God intervenes and God sends a sheep instead. And it's a great parallel between what God will do in future generations through the person of Jesus Christ when he will be the lamb the one that will be sacrificed for all of our sins. And God says, I don't require this kind of sacrifice from you. I require that you trust me. I require that you believe in me, that you follow me and listen, that you withhold nothing from me. With God, failure is never final. And no sin is unforgivable. No mistake so great that our God can't find us again. Remember the lessons of getting lost. If you lose the trail, go back to the place where you last had your bearings. Now that means admitting that you're lost, that we've wandered from the path. Maybe some of us here in this space have been off the path for a long time. Maybe some of us just recently have kind of wandered into a space and we feel a little trapped by it. We've taken a bit of a minor detour. Here would be my thought. Don't take another step in the wrong direction. Don't spend another day down in Egypt where you don't belong. Go back to the place where you last had your bearings. For me, that has always been the church. I've been a part of many different 
faith communities through the years, but the church has always been the place where I've found my bearings. Sometimes it's been the place where I've lost them, but it's always at the end of the day, too, been the community that's helped me find them again, even as we get lost together. Because when in doubt, find someone who knows the way to the place that you want to go. Paul says this in Romans, Romans 7. He says, we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm of the flesh. I'm sold into slavery under sin. I don't understand my own actions. I do not do what I want. I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good, but in fact, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I can't do it. I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but the sin that dwells within me. And what he's saying is that he has tried on his own. He has tried and he has tried and he has tried. And, and there have been moments when he's gotten it right and he's been able to be good, but he could not behave his way into this complete obedience to God that he needs. He goes on to say, Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, the one who knows the way to the place that he wants to go. And then he just has to actually follow the one who knows the way to the place that he wants to go. And so it is with all of us. There is this incredible invitation by the God who loves us so, the one who has been with us through it all, the one who has invested in us, the one who is walking along this journey with us. Will we trust him enough, trust him to give all that we have? Will we withhold nothing from him? I love this as a stewardship idea because it is this great reminder of how much we need God and how much we need those centering places where we can find our bearing again. It's why my family has invested in this church, continues to do so because we believe in the power of community. We believe in its importance. We've seen the difference that it's made in our children's lives and in our own lives, how it strengthened our marriage, how we have grown deeper in our faith. And so we have made that commitment and we did many years ago to withhold nothing from God because we know that all that we invest in him comes back to us a hundredfold in beautiful and wonderful ways. And that's part of the invitation for us today too. Let us pray. Gracious God, you know where we are You know our hearts. You know the things that we share with others, the things that we don't. You know the ways in which through the years we have wandered off the path. God, I am so grateful for the number of times you have found us. Again and again you have found us. You have offered us hope. You have offered us the possibility of new life. You've walked with us even through painful consequences of our sin You have even moved the hearts of others around us to forgive us when we didn't deserve it, God. For you're the God of second chances. And so I just pray a blessing over this entire community. I pray that those this day who have wandered off the path, that you you would come and you would find them again, that you would help them get their bearings 
that you would help them to find their way back to you. And God, when it's our turn to wander, I pray the same for us who maybe right now are in a good place, who feel strong in you. Help us to be encouragers. Help us to be those who are true and and able to be people who live with integrity and uprightness to help our brothers and sisters in need. Wherever we are, God, meet us this day. In the powerful and precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more about The Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.